in the moment of crisis, nobody ever stops and looks at themselves. They look at everything around them. If you're looking at the crisis, you're trying to respond to the environment and the, and the, and the issues around you. You don't really stop and take a look at yourself. So if you call, if you consider COVID a crisis and all the things that are going on around us as a crisis, the last thing that we do is tend to go, wait a minute, I have to stop and I have to assess myself. What's causing this? Why do I feel this way? Am I not getting enough sleep? Is my job requiring me more? Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety talk. Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Dr. Hensley. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about fatigue. My challenge is making sure you don't get too fatigued now so that you can hear what we got to say and and uh, some information. But one of the things I think is interesting is, you know, Mike made a comment about the OSHA. Uh, there's a staggering number associated with fatigue, and that is $138 billion dollars annually that companies lose associated with uh, complaints and symptoms and problems with fatigue. So we really run into, from my world, I do a fair amount of uh, fit for duty activities and examinations. And what I see is this is a real common thing. And we'll talk about signs and symptoms. But first of all, I want to talk about the definition of it. The definition, the true definition, is really pretty straightforward. It's weariness or exhaustion from exertion, whether that's a laborious type of exertion or it's really stress-related. And stress in its own right has some significant issues that are difficult to quantify. Unfortunately, when we start to talk to people about performances and some issues, I hear a lot of, uh, well, I'm just fatigued, I'm just tired, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, and, and it really is nonspecific, and sometimes it's used as an excuse. Sometimes people don't know how to uh, define what's going on with them, and so that being the case, uh, so we run into this uh, problem of what's wrong with Bruce, and what's happened to him, and uh, what's going on. And so performance and all those other issues that we will get into. But let's look at the causes for a second. And I'm here to tell you that all of these different causes all have subtitles to them and can create a lot of different things. So when you start to look at the physical fatigue, exertion and heavy workouts, that doesn't mean just a workout from the standpoint of I'm exercising, but any kind of physical exertion that creates uh, fatigue is part of this problem. So the question becomes, am I lifting too much? Am I working too hard? Am I trying to get things in? What about the isolation that we've created with COVID and people don't work as teams as well as they used to? And so now I'm a little more uh, on my own, if you will. And so we see a lot more physical exertion. And interestingly enough, in our in our Med clinics, what we are starting to see is people saying, well, I didn't used to do this job, but I do this more than I used to, and I work more by myself. So we're starting to see this, this become an issue. And plus, the I, I just heard today that one of the problems we have experienced in 2020, besides not having people come in and work, but also laying off 
But in the last quarter, we saw more absenteeism ever in the history of our workforce in Ohio. So one of the things that will happen is that these individuals will basically call off and say things like, you know, COVID is the convenient excuse right now of, I I don't feel good. I, I just am not myself or I have a little bit of a cough. So we can see the COVID coverage falling into fatigue. So if we move on down the list, stress is, is huge. You know, you can sit at your desk all day long and become fatigued. Uh, you can get caught up into the mental aspects. Every day of my life now, I probably answer five to six phone calls about things like COVID. You know, what do we do? What's the return to work policy? How do we do this? How do we manage it? That And so on. But one of the things that's happened to us with this separation or isolation is that working from home is great in some scenarios and it's terrible in others. If I'm a coworker who needs to have the input of my coworkers, I need that and that creates stress. I can't always see you, I can't always talk to you. And so we see much more of that with people basically being concerned and feeling tired and uh, taking more time off. So that that's a definite issue that we haven't seen in the past as far as work sites are concerned. Boredom, if I don't have enough to do or I don't perceive I have enough to do, then that's a problem. We're going to talk specifically about the mental health issues associated with fatigue and what those may look like and some of those medications. But when we start to also look at whenever I see people as far as an assessment for falling asleep at work or not productive like they used to be or having issues, one of my first questions is, what are your medications? Now, I always ask everybody, what illicit drugs are you doing? And I've not had anybody volunteer that list yet. But yet, on the other hand, drugs from the street are more common right now than ever before. And what's happening is, again, with the perception and the stress and the things People are turning to things like medical marijuana, and unfortunately, my sister's medicines, my husband's, my wife's, my neighbor's, whatever. But medications, if you look at a medication list, every almost to 100%, there's no 100%, almost every medication can give you fatigue. Uh, And believe it or not, if you look at some of the amphetamines which we use in ADD, when that medication wears off, fatigue is a big issue. Alcohol, a lot of people don't appreciate the fact that uh, alcohol is a depressant and it can also cause fatigue. What other medical conditions might those fatigue issues be associated with? Well, the most common thing that we see in, in the Ahmed world right now and bantered back and forth is something called sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is real. Estimation is that probably 60% of truck drivers uh, experience problems associated with sleep apnea. And then we talk about shift work. You know, I, I work for with facilities who they shift change every two weeks. Difficult to stay in a pattern and develop sleep patterns when you're doing that. Overtime work, that's the other thing that we're starting to see, is more overtime because of the limitation of workers. And of course, I have some companies who have a return to work policy with COVID that says until you have a negative test, you can't come back to work. Well, that negative test may take 12 to 16 weeks to come back negative. So we're shortening up uh, the available workforce at times. And so 
night shift people have always had a problem with fatigue, particularly when they have a day off and trying to stay up and work with their families or do things that they need to get done. The other thing that's interesting is fatigue can almost always be traced back to your habits and your routines. And those habits and routines of what you do, whether you don't get enough sleep, you know, your routine or your habit may have been watching the Browns on Sunday night in Ohio State on Monday night. That creates fatigue. And, and also, let me say at this point or at this time is that most fatigue is temporary. When it becomes a problem that impairs our daily function, that becomes a very complicated situation because it's never a single issue problem. And then, of course, being overweight creates fatigue because of more energy required uh, because of our body habitus and what we uh, tend to expend, and particularly in the new world that we live in. So what are the symptoms? What is it that we see? What are you guys as employers, what are some of the things that are significant to you? Obviously, reduced alertness, meaning that I don't function or respond as quick as I should if I'm fatigued. All of us go through a bad night's sleep and show up for work the next day and go, and I'm beat. I, I'm tired. And this fatigue process goes on and on and on. When you start to look at memory and concentration issues, that can also happen in the acute phase of fatigue where those individuals just, again, had a bad night or didn't get any sleep or something's on their mind or they're going through some family issues or, or emotional issues that hopefully is not too long term, but it can impair your memory. I mean, all of us have said, man, I didn't get enough sleep last night and I'm just not functioning the way I'm supposed to do. And so the other thing that was interesting is this irritability component is associated with those individuals who are working on the long term. So let's look at it this way. I'm having family issues. I have a child that's sick or I have a relationship issue and it's been going on. I'm not sleeping. I'm more irritable, much more irritable. And I don't respond the way I should, or I get frustrated with my work site, particularly that same issue I've been asking for some help. And now I don't have that help. But now what was not much of an issue is a real issue. And obviously depression, when people who are chronically fatigued, depression is a real issue for those individuals. And the problem you got to be careful with is sometimes the medication for that may actually worsen it. Low morale, these are the individuals that are just trying to get in and get out of work. They are putting in time, if you will. And then when we start to talk about difficulty making decisions, what normally was something that I could deal with, and now I've got to go to my supervisor, or I go to my supervisor more often, and my supervisor says to me, what's going on with you? Nothing. I'm fine. You know, it's, how come, you know, that's not been an issue for you before? Well, now it is. Deal with it. And then we start to look at communications. People who are fatigued, communication is a big, big, big issue in everything that we do. And yet, whenever I stop communicating or I communicate less because I'm just too tired, I don't care. And then, of course, that impacts my performance. And then, of course, the, the ultimate issue that we run into is the ability to problem solve or manage stressful situations. And therefore, we, the Bruce, the worker that I had before, is not available because now I am so fatigued and I am so down and I don't care. And then we run into the issues associated with performance.
So what are some of the things, though, that we see at workplaces that can actually make this worse? If I come in and I have to work in a high noise, and there's something that's interesting that has been talked about in the, in the psychological worlds, and we see it from the medical perspective, but we tend to kind of blow things off, is workplace things. When I have to wear safety equipment, and of course, we're all wearing masks now, and one of the things, there is something called COVID-weary. COVID-weary is the fact that anywhere I go, I, even here, I step out of my office, I have to put a mask on. If I, someone comes to my office, I have to put a mask on. I go to the Walmart you guys were talking about before. I have to wear a mask. Probably should have been wearing one for years, right? But on the other hand, anytime you have to use safety equipment, there is some level of uncomfortableness and angst. So whether I'm wearing hearing, hearing protection, if it's too hot in the facility, people who get too hot tend to fatigue significantly earlier. You deal with things like dehydration and deal with the problems of they're not functioning and associated with that fatigue. They go home, they quote, hopefully rehydrate, or they, they can uh, cool down. And so we're always looking at those kinds of issues in, in the facilities. Long shift. When I say long shift, greater than eight hours, that's the, de- that's the definition. Some places work four tens. We see more fatigue in those facilities than we would a five, eight-hour shift. The other thing I think is interesting, and a lot of people don't appreciate this, is that when we get ready to go to bed, we need to decrease the lights because decreasing the lights causes your melatonin levels to rise. And there's one of the things in sleep hygiene that we constantly talk about, and that is do not go to bed with the TV on or using your computer or go to bed with your computer or your phone because that light keeps your melatonin levels low and you don't go to sleep as fast. And then when we talk about repetitive work, I was in one facility and an individual, uh, they were having problems with his work. And one of the things when I started to interview him, I said, so tell me what you do. He goes, to be honest with you, all I do is stand and watch something. It's so repetitive and I really have no interest. I'm doing my best to get off this job, but it just makes me so tired and I really lose my desire to want to be there. And obviously monotonous work falls into that same thing. If there's any questions as you guys go along, I'm happy to try to answer them if I stir up something in you. So on the solution side, how do we how do we make this better? How do we deal with this? What is it that we're trying to do? Typically there is not really a single cause. You know, the short term I'm tired today because I, you know, I watched the Browns in Ohio State and it's taken me a day or two to recover. Fine. That's one thing. But one of the things that's important is not to get caught up into people's personal business as much as you're having some performance issues. Recognize the problem. What's going on with you? How can I help you? Because one of the things that you don't really see signs, in some places you do, but not everywhere, education is always the cornerstone to everything. And it doesn't make any difference what you're trying to improve. You have to educate people. So putting signs up, posters in a break area to say, experiencing fatigue, here's some of the signs and symptoms. You know, how can we help? Maybe discuss with your, your physician, you know, those kinds of issues. But if we look at really the number one cause of fatigue in the workplace, it appears to be sleep hygiene issues, not enough rest. We know that 
the minimum amount of rest for most of us is seven hours. That gives us good rest. It gives us recovery time. Hopefully you get into REM sleep, which allows your body to start to fix itself. And if you don't, then that becomes a problem. Making available self-help assessments. Interestingly enough, there's a ton of these online that you can download to help people start to realize is that if you're having these kinds of symptoms and issues, maybe you ought to talk to your physician. And again, you don't want to get caught up into trying to be their primary care physician, but encourage them to communicate. Hey, I'm, you know, by, by after lunchtime, you know, when I have my carbohydrate loading meal at lunchtime, I'm tired. I can't really keep my eyes open at 1.30. And if I'm working in a forging factory, that's a, that's a scary thing. So, and then of course, if people talk about, well, you know, my doc just changed my medicines or ever since I started doing this or that, or I've been diagnosed with this and I'm, I'm still not recovered, that's definitely things you want to refer back to their primary care physician. Now, one of the things that I, I think is interesting, and this becomes a productivity issue for a lot of people, but if you create programming at work that causes people to move, exercise challenges, walking challenges, pedometer competitions, and if you have a workforce that is significantly overweight or has weight issues, then you should really try to create some programming within your facility, not just say, well, use the insurance. They have wellness programs and, you know, you can go down that road. Trying to create, if you really think about, we spend more time at work with our opening open eyes than we do any other place. And so it's really important to have some of these things available at work or at least talked about at work. And then always encourage your employees to do the wellness appointments with their docs. Do that appointment that they can kind of go over and have that annual physical and review what's going on with them. And hopefully they can pick up whatever the causes may be. Now, I told you I was going to talk about mental health specifically by itself. It's extremely unique, but it's also very highly protected. And it should be. We should not be into people's business about what's going on with their mental health issues, what's going on with their depression, or even what's going on in their home life. And one of the things that I, I think is really, really interesting is that there are still people who want to counsel at work. And it's not your job. It's not our job. Even when I see people for an assessment, I don't counsel them on what to do. I refer them back to their treating physician or counselors or whoever. Because again, in a one-time shot, I'm going to probably do more damage than I am good. And so referring them to a mental health professional, and you know, interestingly enough, that access is a little bit difficult. But here at St. Vincent's, we've actually created a, an open access uh, to improve the access for people to get assessments and, and, and needs. Now, the other problem you're going to run into with a lot of people is they'll just shut down. They won't talk to you. And if they're having performance issues and yet they continue to ignore it, until you're threatening to fire them, sometimes you may need to engage the family. So those are just some ideas as far as the mental health side of this. And I very specifically mention that only because it also follows right behind the sleep deprivation or sleep hygiene issues that we run into. So at the end of the day, fatigue, we all experience fatigue. You hope that it's brief, but the long-term requires some really challenging problems that you have to address and many times that needs a team of healthcare professionals, mental health, medical people, counseling individuals, and all of those individuals as, as we go through this, when we're trying to help each other or your 
personally experiencing it, it's really problematic. You know, and one of the things that, uh, just a comment of a, of a case that I just saw last week, where an individual was struggling at work, had no affect as far as for his work, and he just basically, quote, as he, in his words, I give up. And I said, you give up from what? And he says, I give up from life. Well, that's also very concerning because in my world, that suicide's the next step. And I said, what is causing you to give up? And he goes, nobody's talking about the recovery of anything. All we're doing is fighting. And it impacts my family. It impacts my children. It impacts my work. He goes, people fight more than they ever do. Everybody is separated and nobody really seems to care. And that's a real scary, that's a kind of, I'm done. I don't have any hope. And when you lose hope, you're in pretty bad shape. So just be aware that in this day and age of COVID fatigue, because you live it every day of your life, and with all the things that are going on around us in our world, it's a little frightening when you don't have hope. And so with that, I'm going to open it up to questions and see what you have, have to say. Yeah, so if anyone on right now, if you have any questions for Dr. Bruce, go ahead and put post those in the chat, or you could use the Q&A function there at the bottom of your Zoom toolbar. Maybe in a different location. Mine's on the bottom, but if you're on a phone, it could be on the side or something. Doc, I tell you what, I, I, I think all of us, as a CEO of a company, you just you battle this fatigue and this mental thing every day because, right. you know, uh, my dad used to tell me, you know what, son, when you go to bed at night, shut off your mind. Well, easy, easier said than done. And um, I've, I've battled this issue, the mental part, the fatigue part, the stress part, probably like everybody else on here has for, for years and years and years. And, you know, I have never seen you talked about hope and I have never I don't hope I don't speak out of line here. Mike, tell me if I do. But I have never seen a time period where people are more short with people, more bitey with people, more hateful with people and things like that. And um, and what you said is that these people who are like that, I believe, don't have any hope in their lives and don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. So I hope I don't speak out of turn here, but that, that's what, you know, I see I see it more so traveling than I've ever had, especially this last year. People, um, you know, we, we call this social distancing, but it's actually physically distancing, you know, yeah. and I think people need that connection with people and that's how they, you know, some people thrive in it. Just like looking at Mike and how handsome he is, you know, I just thrive in that energy. <laughs> that's true. I'm a good looking man. But anyway, that's, I thought that was a great topic, Doc. I appreciate it. Well, one, th one of the things that people don't really appreciate is the fact that we're human beings. We're not, we're not supposed to isolate. We're meant to interact. And, you know, those individuals who say, I just, I want to be by myself. I don't want to do life with anybody else. That's really not true. We all feed off of each other. And one of the misconceptions is the fact that, you know, you can be an island. You cannot be an island and be successful because you need all those people around you. You guys know this from having companies is that if you don't do your job, I can't do my job. And the, so the whole process is screwed up. But more importantly is the fact that if you look at the, the studies, there's an interesting assessment, and it's just an assessment. It's not a, a, a blinded study or anything like that. But if you look at, at people who want to go to work and are happy at work two years ago, because we don't have any data from last year, but two years ago, it was like 65 to 70% of the people wanted to go to work. 
now here's the other here's the problem that that we are starting to see is that now people are really struggling with even entertaining work and that's a problem if you're trying to look at performance you know you, I, I talked earlier about the issue related to am i doing more by myself i'm isolated i'm trying to do things on my own and that's a little bit on the scary side because again what you're going to see is more injury uh, when everybody gets back to work, and and I think the the issues in our world are galvanizing at times. So, yeah, Doctor Bruce, we did a podcast interview a while back with uh, another uh, safety manager out of state, and he said something real interesting. We were talking about stress and fatigue, and he brought up he's like, "Do you ever notice the symptoms between stress, fatigue, dehydration, mm-hmm. sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. and lack of social connection? They're all the same. Yeah, almost all the same. You're right. And so you said something real powerful that there's not one silver bullet. There's not one strategy. And, and sometimes I think, you know, when it comes to stress fatigue, it's not as much about zero. Like, you know, we're trying to get to zero, like zero mm-hmm. something, but really just improvement and reducing that. How important is that to have that whole mixed bag of solutions, you know, of self-care and different things that we could do to help reduce that? In the moment of crisis, nobody ever stops and looks at themselves. They look at everything around them. If you're looking at the crisis, you're trying to respond to the environment and the, and the, and the issues around you. You don't really stop and take a look at yourself. So if you, call, if you consider COVID a crisis and all the things that are going on around us as a crisis, the last thing that we do is tend to go, wait a minute. I have to stop and I have to assess myself. What's causing this? Why do I feel this way? Am I not getting enough sleep? Is my job requiring me more? I would tell you that in my world specifically, I see a lot more activity. Like I used to, I would go home at five, six o'clock and my day is done. Now I go home and my day sometimes just starts because of companies calling, safety people calling and saying, I have a question, I have a situation, I have a scenario, it's not addressed by the CDC criteria. And one of the things that I told my boss, I finally said, I have to make sure I take care of me. Hours that I work has to get to the point because I don't want to start to look at Mike Thompson and go, oh my God, it's Mike Thompson. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to him right now. Which a lot of people probably do. Well, the, you know, and, <laughs> and you know the, the beautiful part, at least you know your position, Mike. That's That's yeah. the beautiful part. But honestly, you have to realize, again, we know we want each other and we want to be with each other. It's just it's difficult to do if you don't realize what's knocking you off your horse, if you will. So we have a question from Matt Muller from Delta Systems. He posted two questions. We'll get to this one first. What about those who are working from home? How can you get a message to them to reduce fatigue and stress? Well, here's what's interesting is that home productivity appears to be greater than the work productivity they used to do. And so I, when I started, when I first saw that statement, I go, that doesn't make any sense to me. I can do whatever I want to at home, right? No, because when you're at work, we tend to interact more at work. And so if you look at the productivity model that's been out there, is that if you're talking to me about something, I'm not working either, typically. And so what happens is when I'm at home now, because we work off of this computer, and everybody knows that my company at St. Vincent's here, they know what my activity is. And so people feel more compelled to be online doing things and in front of that computer and doing things that they need to do as far as making sure their employer knows I'm being productive. So 
as far as those individuals is that number one, they need to know they can take a break. Number two, they need to know that if you need to, my, my wife has worked from home since this started and she's a social person. So I get to go home and be the social front person for her whenever I get home because she needs to talk. She needs to talk to somebody, not just on the phone. She needs interaction. And it took me a couple of weeks to figure out what was going on because when I got home, it's like we talk more than we ever talk. Or let me put it this way. She talked and I listened. But more importantly, the issue becomes for all of our people. So there needs to be more, I think, as as companies, we have to do a better job of connecting with those individuals who are at home and saying, how are you? You know, what's interesting is most people are not looking for you're doing a great job. They're looking for a how are you? How are you feeling? How's things going? What kind of problems are you running into? What kind of obstacles are you seeing when it comes to, oh, you know, getting your job done? You know, and look, don't worry about trying to be on there the whole eight hours. We know you get a lunch break. We need, we know you got to go to the bathroom. And so don't worry about that. And, and I think for a lot of people, they're so afraid that, oh my gosh, they're going to tap me and see where I'm at and I'm not on or, or they don't see my mouse moving around that I'm not doing anything. And I think we've got to do a, a really good job of those people who are at home or at home part-time of saying, it's okay, relax. It'll be all right. We'll get through this. That's good. And Dr. Bruce, from a marketing standpoint, you know, in school they taught us frequency is key and also the connectability of the message. So in my opinion, there's still that professional versus personal boundary that everyone's afraid to cross. And I think there's healthy ways right. to uh, see things in the personal life. We do it with, uh, you know, the weight loss challenges, the walking programs and different things at work. I don't think you have to get into people's business, but if you have a weekly newsletter uh, through email or a monthly newsletter, you know, has Print Solutions, one of our members, they throw things in there. Just to constantly put something in there about self-care. Not and, and I agree. Sometimes you always hear the negative, avoid this, don't be stressed out or do this if there's an emergency. Right. But prevention could be, you know, promoting mindfulness or take a deep breath and just real simple things and hey, take a break and walk away. Uh, my wife works for a large financial institution and she's been working from home three, four, five years before COVID and the productivity did go up. When they were expanding the regional office, they looked into it and they measured, they had productivity measures so they know people aren't messing around on the mm-hmm. laptop. You know what I mean? And so uh, right. productivity did go up and then they realized we don't have to pay for all this office space and buildings and that and right. it actually was a money saver. But at the same time, put those things out there. So I don't think working from home is going to go away now that people realize it's actually increasing productivity is data behind it now. So that's going to be more important. Matt, thanks for that question because it's going to be even more important for employers to keep engaging and just reconnecting with teams. I'm in social service worlds so where a lot of talkers, our meetings could be long and drawn out with a lot of conversation. And there was a point in time where I had to get things done and I didn't like that. But I realized now that I don't have those, the team building and the mm-hmm. personal side of human connection we got from meetings was well worth the time we thought we lost in productivity for that extra hour, half hour. So we do have another question here. From Matt as well from Delta Systems, the first one he put on here. He said, what about fatigue like body parts, hands, arms, legs, back? Can you speak more on developing programs to help with that, like stretching and other things? Well, obviously with COVID, all those programs are online and they are definitely available. I think one of the things, we've been at this almost a year now. One of the things that I think companies that you you need to look at 
is even though we tell people go home and work on your computer at home or take your computer home and work at it, doing a work uh, station assessment is really big. And most of the time we don't do that. You know, before I did, I, I call it casual homework. And so I sit on my iPad or I'd get on my computer at home mm-hmm. and I only do that for a very short period of time. And the problem with that is that workstations can create things like carpal tunnel, tenosynovitis of the hand and wrist and elbows and shoulders and that type of stuff. Uh, But again, you know, you heard me say earlier, I think you have to make sure if you do have people in your facilities, making sure that, you know, everybody wants to social distance and God forbid you coughed at work because you know you just gave everybody at work COVID, (laughs) you know, that that type of, uh, of stuff. But honestly, one of the connection issues is the fact that most people, again, they know they do pretty good work. They just need to know somebody cares about their work. And and that's a misunderstanding, I think, so much of the time. You know, Mike, you made the point of don't want to get in your business. Well, you don't have to get in people's business to say, hey, I care. How you feeling? How's right. it going? Just checking in. And it's great that, you know, there's organizations who will have, have this, um, uh, what, what should I call it? They will have these, these quote, lunchtime meetings. Well, that's the wrong time to have a meeting with all due respect, folks, uh, because that should be kind of their personal time at home versus at work. That's okay. But what when you're doing that at home, we're going to have a noon meeting and our group or five people or 10 people or whatever our work group is. The bottom line is, is that you have to rethink how you, you do these things and what's going on in that life at home. But you really do. I, I think you've got to make sure that you connect with people. There's a book out that says everybody communicates, but few connect. And if you just send out information, it's John Maxwell who wrote that book. And if you just send out information, there's no evidence that that connects with somebody. It's this interaction. I look at you, you look at me, your eyes see mine. And we go, hey, what did you think about that book? What did you think about what Joe said yesterday in that meeting? Because he had these concerns. That's connecting. Not just go and just, just come to our attention and it goes into your paycheck or you get another email that you may or may not open up because you don't know which whose it is, what it is, and that kind of stuff. So, again, we have to rethink what we're doing, even though this electronic world is really pretty cool. You know, I like sitting here in, in, in Cleveland and talking to my, my neighbors out in Portage County, but it's really not the way it's meant to be for us. I just want to just real quick say um, this is some great information from the Ohio VWC. As we talk about fatigue, you know, Dr. Hensley talked about the impact of noise on you. We have those industrial hygienists reach out to me. We can help you do some noise surveys so that we can control some of that noise. We have ergonomists on staff that will actually come out and help you uh, at least now virtually set up your production areas to reduce some of that fatigue. And I just put in the chat box there a YouTube video from the Ohio BWC. We found ways to use things around your house to better set up your home office so that we can help reduce those fatigues. Um, and it's things that you already own, creative ways. It's actually a really fun video just to get people working from home. You know, in the office, we did sit-stand desks often so that we weren't just sitting in this slouched position all day. You know, your ironing board at home makes an amazing sit-stand desk. I um, mean, they show you how to do some of those hacks so that you can still have those pieces back at home to help reduce that fatigue. All right. Well, Dr. Bruce Hensley, thank you so much. Every time you come out, it's awesome information. We appreciate it for sure. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.